Hello and welcome to this message from the river. We hope that this message from Pastor Billy Pate inspires and challenges you towards a greater relationship with Jesus Christ. Now let's join Pastor Billy Pate for another exciting message. That 2015 is a year of rest and renewal. It is a year of blessing and favor. It is a year when God releases the harvest that we've been sowing towards for some time. And uh, I believe that's not only for our church corporately, but I believe that can be for you also as uh, in your individual lives if you'll receive that and accept that. I believe that as we move forward this year, we're moving forward not as victims, but as victorious uh, believers in Christ Jesus. Amen? And uh, we're putting the past behind and embracing what God has for us. And so a few weeks ago I began preaching from this passage and today I want to pick up that thought line from Acts chapter 27 and preach, uh, continue preaching through the storm. Let's pray and ask God's presence to help us uh, as we preach this morning. Father, we thank you, Lord, today. I ask that you would just be with us, that, God, you would open our minds and our hearts today to receive what you have for us through this message. I believe, God, you've given me a word that will set the tone for this year. And I thank you, God, that today you are helping me to release that into this body of believers, that you are helping them to capture it, to place it in their hearts, and let them produce something good from it, God. We believe that you are with us, God, and that, Lord, as we move forward this year, we believe that we are moving forward as victors in Christ Jesus. Lord, I pray that you would just bless the rest of this service in your name. Amen. Amen. Let me just kind of get you caught up because it's been a few weeks uh, since we've been into this passage and uh, we'll get back to uh, square one and then we'll pick it up from there. But Paul, uh, in our text here, he is a prisoner. He is being sent to Rome for trial and uh, winter is approaching and it is becoming a dangerous time of year for anyone to be sailing. Uh, the weather is very unpredictable at this particular time in the Mediterranean Sea, but the helmsman and the owner of the boat decide to sail anyway. So they load up the passengers, 276 people on this boat, and they are headed for uh, Italy. They're headed for Rome, and they're trying to get there and work their way through uh, the Mediterranean Sea. As we worked our way through the text, I told you that it's key that you insert yourself in the text, that, that you try to see yourself. Anytime you're reading Scripture, you need to try to see yourself in the Scripture because it's not about just what God has spoken, but it's also about what God is speaking. And if you can't get yourself in the present moment of His Word, you're going to miss what God is saying to you and only capture what He has said to you. I don't know about you, but there's times in my life where I need to know what God is saying. I need to hear what God is saying to me right now about my situation. And I want to hear his voice today. Amen? Amen. And so we insert ourselves in the text. And I told you that when we look at this particular passage, if we will see ourselves uh, in the text, and we see the sea represents the environment in which you find your life. It's the, it's the circumstances surrounding your life. The ship represents your life and, and how, how things are going in your life. And it just is that encompassing or uh, that, that, that whole piece that just kind of overcompasses you as an individual. What are the uh, particulars of your life situation? And so the ship kind of represents that. But you are one of the 276 people on this boat. And so here are our takeaways from the text so far. We, we talked about the fact that storms happen. Storms happen. Not every storm that comes your way is a self-inflicted storm. 
It certainly wasn't for Paul in the text. It was not something that Paul caused to happen. It was not something that Paul chose. It wasn't an act. Uh, uh, the storm was not an act of God's judgment because of Paul's sin. It was, just, it was just something that happened in his life. And not every storm that comes your way is because you've done something wrong or you have failed in some capacity or you have created some situation or some scenario surrounding you. Sometimes storms just happen. And they, they blow up on you and they, they catch you in them. It says in verse 15 that when the ship was caught, when, when our lives get caught in storms sometimes, it's not because of what we've done. Now certainly we can definitely create storms and we can cause problems for ourselves. But that was not necessarily the case here. It was certainly not the case when Paul was caught in his circumstance and Paul was caught by his environment. Paul didn't create this situation and Paul didn't want this situation. He simply was caught in it. On the same token, like I said, some storms are self-inflicted, and it was certainly for the owner of the boat and for the helmsman. They chose to go ahead and ignore conventional wisdom in the situation. They chose to ignore the signs. They cho chose to drive on, uh, driven by their desire, other than what was best for them in the situation. And I will certainly say to you this morning that if you let your desires drive you and you don't use your wisdom, if you don't obey the signs and pay attention to what's around you, you can find yourselves in some storms that you could have avoided altogether. Amen. Not everyone who knows better does better. Amen. Not everyone who knows better does better. The helmsman and the owner of the boat, they knew better. But that didn't mean they did better. And not everybody in your life knows that knows better does better. And sometimes you get caught as a collateral casualty of that situation. We talked about how the text demonstrates that what we all do when we face a storm, they, it talks about how they secured the skiff. They took control of anything that they, they could when, when they faced this storm. And we certainly do the same thing. When we find ourselves in the midst of a storm, we find ourselves in difficulty, we start to grab control. They secured the, the skiff. There's a false sense of security sometimes in just trying to control certain aspects of our lives. And certainly in the situation here that we read about in this boat, securing the skiff is really a frivolous activity. They secured the skiff to what? To a boat that is much larger that is still very much out of control. And so they're sitting there being tossed from side to side and I can just see this as one of the, one of the uh, people in the boat come up to the captain and say, uh, Captain, we have secured the skiff. Well, that's really going to help us when this boat goes under. And so sometimes we grab hold to a false sense of security. We try to, we try to take control of situations that, that uh, makes us feel better about our circumstance rather than just trusting God with it from the beginning. It says they undergird the ship. We strengthen what we can strengthen. And I said to you, look, it's too late to build strength in the middle of a storm. That's, that's the wrong time to build strength in your life. We're making a big push for devotions trying to push devotions in our church. Why? Because you need to build strength when there's not a storm so that when the storm comes, you have strength to release in the situation. Amen. It says they struck the sail. They lowered their sail as to not catch wind. You lower your profile. You minimize your footprint. You try to small up in the situation. But circumstances sometimes are greater than even our ability to avoid them. They lighten their ship. They started getting rid of extra responsibilities. And we talked about how there's a difference between simplifying your life and abandoning your post. 
Simplifying your life is fine. I think God needs us to do that from time to time. We need to do that from time to time. We need to get rid of extra stuff. But there's a big difference between uh, simplifying your life and abandoning your post altogether. There's, you're not the only one in this ship. You're not the only one on the ship. And your crewmates need you to pull your weight in the midst of a storm. Amen. Amen. Simplifying your life is necessary at times, but abandoning your post is a sin against your shipmates. You hear me? I said simplifying your life is necessary at times, but abandoning your post is uh, is a sin against your shipmates. It is a relational sin because it says that I've got to take care of myself right now and I can't even begin to think about you. That's a relational sin. Verse 20 says, All hope that we would be saved was finally given up. We talked about the fact that even though it may feel hopeless, it's never hopeless. Even though you may feel hopeless today, it is never hopeless. Even though you feel like all is lost, there's nothing I can do. I've, I've secured what I can secure. I've strengthened what I can strengthen. I've lowered my profile. I've tried to hide out. But none of that's working and all is lost. It's never hopeless. God is still in control. God is still uh, in charge of the sea. He's still running your life. And if you will trust in Him, it's never hopeless. And so let's pick up our story here in verse 21 and try to pick up the next four points that I want to share with you. It says, verse 21, but, long, but after long abstinence from food, it's talking about fasting, then Paul stood in the midst of them and said, men, you should have listened to me. Nobody likes a know-it-all, right? Thanks, Paul. We understand now that we should have listened to you. But Paul says, you should have listened to me. You should not have sailed from Crete and incurred this disaster and loss. And now I urge you to take heart, for there will be no loss loss of life among you, but only of the ship. It starts off by saying, "But but after long abstinence from food. He's talking about fasting here. Fasting is critical in your spiritual walk. Fasting is a vital part of you growing deeper and stronger with God. It is a vital part of being able to tune in and listen to what God is saying to you, especially when you find yourself in the midst of the storm. How do you clue in to the subtle movements and quiet whispers of God in the midst of the storm? The answer to that is through fasting. Through fasting, you're able to block out all the noise that surrounds you and actually hear what God is saying to you. How do you hear God and embrace hope He has for you in store moving forward this year? It's through fasting. Why don't we always start the year with a 21-day fast? Because we understand that if we want to start on the right foot, we have to get tied in to God who is directing our steps. And it's through fasting that we do that. Fasting weakens the flesh and it strengthens the spirit. It gives you eyes to see and ears to hear and it gives you a mind to know. And has this This fast has been taking place in our church. What has God been saying to you? What is God speaking to you? What is God dealing with you about? That's what fasting is all about. Paul says to the crew, he says, I've been fasting. Y'all, the ship's been going through all this storm. We've been tossed and and moved about by the sea. We're caught in the midst of this. We have no control over where we're headed. But I'm telling you, in the midst of all that, I've been fasting. I've been seeking God. And this is what God has to say to me. And this is my first point to you this morning. He says, take heart. He 
says, yeah, we've been in a bind. We've been in a situation. We've been where the storm is looking like it's going to take us out. But I've been fasting. I've been seeking God. And this is what God says to His church this morning. God says, take heart. God says, don't give up. God says, don't quit. God says, don't back down. Yes, it looks overwhelming. Yes, it looks like you're defeated. But there's still hope because God's still in control of every situation. So take heart. Paul says, take heart. He says, look, gentlemen, it ain't over yet. He says, you're not dead yet. You're not going to die. And God is with us and God is getting us through this. You still have hope. You still have a heartbeat. Don't give up now. Yes, the sun hasn't shone for days, but I'm saying never mind that. God says he's going to bring us through this storm. And so I say to you this morning, take heart, church. Don't lose faith. Don't lose courage. Pastor, you don't know what we're going through. I'm telling you, don't lose heart. Pastor, you don't know what I've been through, what I've faced, and what I've gone through in my life over and over again. I'm telling you, don't lose heart. Take heart this morning. God's still in charge. God's still in control. God can still work it out. And God can still bless you through it all. God is more than able. Verse 22 says, There will be no loss of life among you, but only the ship. Take heart. There's not going to be any loss of life among you, but only the ship. Remember I told you that the ship represents your life. The ship represents your life as you know it. And the word of the Lord to Paul is that there will be no loss of life among you, but only the ship. Pastor, you said that the ship represents our life, so how does that work? How does that work in the text? I'm glad you're asking me. Because this is how it works. Storms have a way of changing life as we know it. After a storm, do we ever continue with things as they were? No, things are changed and they're always changed. And so the life I knew may be lost, but the life He desires to give me can begin to flourish because the life I had is out of the way now and God can do a new thing in my heart and in my soul. And He wants to do a new thing in us. You're not the same person you were before the storm. You're not the same person you were before the storm. God's been tweaking you all along. God's been working you all along. He's been growing you and developing you and making you into someone new all along. Your life is not the same as it was before the storm. Some things that you knew are lost and they are lost forever. Pieces of your former self are always lost to a storm. But again, that's why the storm is your friend. Because the storm is working in you a greater glory, a better thing. Paul wrote, he says, My present sufferings are not worthy to be compared to the glory that shall be revealed in me. Paul understood that even though I go through some stuff, every time I go through stuff, God tweaks me, God makes me, God shapes me, informs me, and when I get through that stuff, I'm a better version of my former self. And so here's the word of the Lord. He said, there's not going to be a loss of life among you. Your situation may change, you may change, but the life God has promised you will not change. The life that He has prepared for you will not change. You may have to let go of what you knew, but it was only so He can give you a life more abundantly and to the full. Sometimes we have to surrender what we want for our own life so that God can give us what we truly need. 
We have to surrender our dreams to God so that He can give us a dream that is much grander and larger than one we could ever conceive within ourselves. Because in your loss, a gain is always possible. In your loss of the storm, there's always a possibility to win. There's always always an opportunity for victory. There's always an opportunity for God to take the circumstance that were meant to kill you and destroy you and and to end your life and to make them and flip them for your good and for your benefit. Yes, you may have to release your dream into the hand of God, but what feels like abandonment is oftentimes just surrender. God, but I've I've nurtured this. I've kept this. This has been a part of my life for years, and God, I don't want to let it go. Trust Him. Trust Him. Release into His hands your life in its full, and watch what He will give you in return. He will give you a life, and He will give you a life to the full. Just remember what he said. He said, there's going to be no loss of life among you. I haven't lost anything, really. Yes, I've I've lost certain aspects of my life, but in that losing, I'm still winning. In that losing, I'm still gaining. In that losing, I'm becoming a better version of my former self. In that losing, God is shaping me and making me into what he wants me to be. And so here's my fourth point, is that we have to stand on his word. Whatever God has spoken to you, his word will not return void. Whatever God has declared over your life, His Word will not come uh, back to you void. It will accomplish everything that it was sent to do. It will complete the work it was meant to do in your life. And so you've got to go to those places where you can hear from God. Why? Because those promises that God speaks to me are going to be the promises that sustain me in times of storm and in times of difficult. They're going to be the things that get me through the trials of life. And they're going to be the things that I have to look forward to knowing that what He says over me will come to pass in my life at some point. His Word will not return void. The one who calls you has spoken. He speaks hope and He speaks future full of life. He speaks to us still. And so position yourself to hear His word and to stand on His word. Look at verse 21. It says, how how did Paul declare the word of God in the situation? It says in verse 21 that Paul stood in the midst of them and said, When God speaks to us, And when God gives us a word over our lives, you have to speak what the Lord speaks to you. I believe it's critical that you don't hold that within yourself, but you speak what God is speaking to you. Now, I'm not telling you to share it with everybody. I'm not telling you to shout it from the the pulpit. But I'm saying you've got to speak what God is speaking to you. You've got to declare some things over your life and declare the pathway that God has spoken to come to pass and make it come to pass by speaking in faith what you believe God has said. Well, I don't want to say that, Pastor. What if it doesn't happen? we got to have faith that God will do what he says he will do. And through that speaking and declaring, Paul stood in the midst of them and said, look, here's what the, what the word of God has said to me, and that is that we will not die in this situation. Tell someone around you. Remember your crew. There's some other people around you that need to hear what God's speaking into your life. They need the encouragement for themselves. Not only did Paul declare the word in the midst of his shipmates. He also declared it in the midst of the storm. This storm is beating down on him. 
And he has his shipmates around him, and he's declaring to them what God has said to them, but he's not just declaring it to them. He's declaring it in the midst of his trial. When everything around him is declaring something opposite of what the Word of God says will happen in his life. Have you ever been in a place where the things that you believed God had spoken to you and the belief, the things that God had, had declared over your life is getting fought in every way, shape, and form? That everything that you believe God has declared over you is being questioned and challenged and contested and it's just, it's just hard to believe that what God has said will actually come to pass because everything around me is declaring and screaming and yelling something much, much different. I say to you this morning, that's when it is incumbent upon everybody to stand up and say, I don't care what the storm says. I don't care what my friends say. I say what God has said. And I declare that there will be no loss of life in this ship today. Amen. Amen. My marriage will not end. My job will not end. My kids will not be lost. My church will not fail. My God will do everything that He said He would do. He will do it, not only do it, but He will do it to the utmost. He has spoken His word. And I just say to you, listen, listen here, storm. Listen here, storm. You may have beat on me for the past several days, but I'm not done yet. I'm still alive. I'm still breathing. The enemy has done his worst, but now I'm going to do mine. We're too much of fighters to quit on God. We're too much of champions to throw in the towel this morning. There's no quit in us, amen. I said, there's no quit in us this morning. Let me just declare it for myself because I'm not sure you believe it this morning. I said, there's no quit in me this morning. I've had plenty of opportunities to quit and throw in the towel and say I could do something else, make just as much money, if not more, and be a whole lot less stressed than I am right now. But there ain't no quit in me this morning. And God's putting together a group of people that have the same heart and the same tenacity that will say, I'm going to take heart. I'm going to stand on His Word. And there is no way, shape, or form that anything that comes against me will prevail this morning. Amen. Hallelujah. Verse 25 says, Therefore take heart, men. For I believe God that it will be just as was told me. I don't believe the storm. I don't believe the situation. I don't believe anybody that's a naysayer. I just believe what God has spoken to me. So what does this word declare over you? What is God speaking to you? Stand on that. Stand on that. Acts 27 verse 26. It says, however, we must run aground on a certain island. Now when the fourteenth night had come, as we were driven up and down in the Adriatic Sea about midnight, the sailors sensed that we were drawing near some land. Verse 27 says, Now when the fourteenth night had come. Do you hear that? Paul stands in the midst of his people and he declares, This is what God says, there won't be any loss of life among us. And it says, Fourteen days pass. Fourteen days from when Paul stands and says, look, this is what God says, and now fourteen days have gone by. Fourteen nights passed between the word of the Lord given and the word of the Lord received. There's always, listen church, there's always a gap between God's promise and God's promise fulfillment. And so here's my, here's my other point. Stay strong in the gap. 
Stay strong in the gap. It's easy to lose hope in the gap. It's easy to jump ship in the gap. Remember the skiff. It's secured to the place, to the ship. It's easy for us to unhook that, to throw it overboard, and to jump in and say, I am out of here. It's easy to lose hope in the gap. It's easy to lose heart in the gap. But we have to stay strong there. Hold on to God's promise because it will come to pass. Verse 27 says about midnight. I always take notice anytime the scripture talks about midnight because I remember Paul having some some stories about midnight happenings. But about midnight, Paul was familiar with these midnight hours. He was in a prison cell that around about midnight the Lord shone up for him. Why is it midnight? What is is the significance of that? Because I think it's the most hopeless of times. I think it's the most quiet of times. It's a moment when all the happenings surrounding us are brought to our full awareness and we are most tuned in to the activities that are plaguing our lives about midnight. It's when we are most desperate for His presence to show up and it's when we are at our last moment and we feel like there's nothing we can turn to. That's about the time that God shows up in our situation. And it says about midnight the sailors sensed that they were drawing near some land. I sense, church, that we're drawing near some land this morning. We've been rocked. We've been tossed to and fro, but I sense there's some land approaching. Verse 28 says, They took soundings and found it to be 20 fathoms. And when they had gone a little further, they took soundings again and found it to be 15 fathoms. They took soundings and were at 20 and then they go a little further. All right, I sense some land. I can't see anything around me. I can barely keep my faculties in place because of all the, all the stimuli that's around me. I can barely get my senses, but something is different in the air. I think I hear just over the roar of the waves that there might be just some breakers crashing in the distance. There might just be the sound of approaching land around me. i got a sense that something's about to shift and something's about to change in my situation. Hallelujah. So they took soundings, 20 fathoms. Mm, Still too deep. Let's go a little further. They took soundings again, found it to only be 15 fathoms. This, This reminds me of seeking God in prayer. That when we're in our journey with God and we're going to Him and we're seeking Him, and I go to Him and I say, God, this is where I am. But each time I go to Him, I'm a little closer to the land that I'm seeking. Every time I go to Him with a situation, every time I ask Him to heal something, or every time I'm asking Him to work in a situation in my life, every time I go to Him, I sense that I'm getting just a little bit closer to the land that I'm looking for, the land that I'm seeking, the land that I'm trying to get a hold of. Verse 29 says, Then fearing lest we should run aground on the rocks, they dropped four anchors from the stern and prayed for day to come. The last point this morning is you've got an anchor in the rock. Anchor in the rock and pray for day to come. Joy comes in the morning, he says. Remember verse 20, he says, Neither sun nor stars appeared for many days. It's been dark. It's been dreary. But I'm going to anchor up and pray for day to come. Amber, would you come? So here's what I see. 
Here's what I see. I see for those of you who have been through some storms, that have been through some difficulty, that have, have, have just weathered some challenges in your life, I see that dawn is breaking for you. I see the sun starting to press through the clouds just a little bit. I see the sun is starting to shine again. And I sense the land is near. And, I, and hope is still alive for us. So here's the message in a nutshell this morning. Storms happen, but it's never hopeless. Take heart, stand on His Word. Stay strong in the gap. And you anchor in the rock and you watch what God will do in your life and in your situation. If you'll just hold on to Him, would you stand all across this place this morning? Here's what I want to do. If you need a touch in your life, if you need God to break some things in your life, if you need a healing, you need a miracle, you need a breakthrough, then I want you to come and stand across this front. We're going to pray for you and we're going to ask God to begin to work in that situation. Come on. Come on. Come on. I bet you there's a bunch of you in here that say, I need God to touch me. I need God to change something. I need a shift to take place in my circumstance. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. We would love for you to visit us at 1110 South Preston Street, Burgrenet, Texas. And as always, we encourage you to come experience life with us after it. Tell